Hey guys, spring football is only seven days away, and we're going to talk about why this is an incredibly important spring. Big things to watch for, and then we're going to wrap it up with some basketball talk. Uh, this is episode 20 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five. Let's button up and get ready to go and have some fun. But before we do, we got to give a shout out to our boy Ford Stokes with Active Wealth Management. Guys, Reach out to Ford, activewealth.com, huge Auburn fan. And not only could you gain a friend, you're going to learn a lot of things too. Like there could be investment products that you just don't even know about that you could learn by just having a short conversation with Ford that could really help, that, that honestly may fit you better than, than what you're doing right now. And you don't know about it because – you just don't know about it. You have you you don't have that you don't have that background. You don't have that education. One call could who knows what it could unlock. So give him a shout. And if it doesn't work out from the financial standpoint, you can book together. Talk about Auburn football. Talk about Auburn basketball. He's a huge fan, and he is ready, uh, ready and here to help. So uh, give him a shout. Ford Stokes with Active Wealth Management. ActiveWealth.com. Free book at Annuity360.net as well. So check him out. All right, guys, you can use hyperbole, uh, and, and maybe I'm guilty of doing this a lot. It's the greatest hire ever. It's the greatest recruit ever, greatest off-the-field coach ever. I get it. I get it. This is, But this is a very, very uh, important spring uh, for, for Hugh Freeze. I'm not going to say it's the most important spring ever in the, in the history of Auburn football. I'm not going to do that. But it is a very, very important spring, and unfortunately, it's because rightly or wrongly, I, I understand why it may be viewed this way. The last year's product probably left, uh, not probably, left a bad taste in a lot of Auburn fans' mouths. And, and maybe, honestly, even sh sh maybe have shaken the confidence of a few. I get it. I get it. You hire Hugh Freeze, who's an offensive, you know, supposed to be an offensive genius, which I still believe he is, one of the best play callers in the country. You bring in a two-year starting quarterback that's thrown for over 3,000 yards in a season, and you put a product that was pretty abysmal more so than not. Blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, the roster, the the uh, organization of the – the off, the offensive staff, the play calling responsibilities, Hugh having to spend more time recruiting, whatever, it doesn't matter. On all those things, obviously contributed, but it was not a great product defensively. I feel like at times you put out a really good product, but then you went you you had some possibly some personality conflicts, so you go out and you make a change there too. So that's also going to put the mic put them under the microscope from a, on a defensive perspective. So probably you had a, a maybe a two-year plan of hey, let's just get by. Let's try to win seven games one year, eight or nine the next year. Uh and you know, then I'll be able to I'll have had the staff to kind of control that while I recruit and build this roster and rebuild this team. And now now after last year's product, you sort of have to sort of readjust, recalibrate the the machine, so to speak, because you can't do that again. You can't do that again. And as much as you love Hugh Freeze, and I and I am a huge Hugh Freeze supporter, as much as 
I have faith in him. I understand as well that if that were to happen again, maybe it wouldn't shake my confidence because I've seen, you know, I've seen the results of how hard he can recruit and how well he can bring in talent it's going to start shaking the confidence of the fan base, maybe even some of the donors, things like that. So this spring is very, very vital. You've gone out and you've completely retooled your whole staff. And it's not just hiring different coaches. It's it's like completely rearranging the, uh, the hierarchy of how the whole thing works. You know, you go from having just an offensive coordinator and his offensive staff to now – you have sort of like a three-headed monster offensive uh, staff from the aspect of having a Ken Austin, Hugh Freeze, and Derek Nix as almost, I don't even want to say co-offensive coordinators because Hugh's going to be the play caller. And then you have Derek Nix and Ken Austin as somewhat of a uh, first assistance uh, to the offensive coordinator versus, you know, just your offensive coordinator and then all of the, the coaches. So that aspect to me, is is like circling the wagons. That shows me that there is a lot of emphasis, a lot of uh, – I, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to go for. There's a lot of importance being put on this upcoming season, and and this that, that's sort of like the uh, – I guess shine, that sh- really shines a light on the importance of this upcoming season. And you build all that through spring. Okay, you build all of that through spring practice, getting to know the personnel, really finding out who fits where, uh, and also sort of reevaluating your team to understand uh, if you may have to go elsewhere, if you may have to reach out in the spring portal to plug uh, pieces in. Also, I mean, I hate to say it, but injuries happen in spring that shakes up things which may also adjust who you have to go into the spring portal to get to help kind of finish off this team. But springs, some I feel like sometimes uh, get overlooked. Maybe the talk is boring because you don't play a real game at the end of it. You just play sort of like a glorified practice uh, in your uniforms. But, again, it's, uh, it's, it's important. It's going to be very important. And you can tell by the actions of Hugh Freeze in this offseason that it's going to be very, very important, that it is very, very important because they've got to get some things figured out. They've got to get this offensive piece figured out. And I've talked about it on this show. I've talked about it on other shows. Last year's offense was broken from a number of different perspectives. I feel like they've corrected two of them. You know, I think they've they've corrected the play calling situation. I think they've upgraded the wide receiver situation. The quarterback room really hasn't changed. I don't know if it's going to change after spring. Again, that could be something also that if things don't work out like you want them to in spring during spring practice, you have to you you go see what you can find uh, in the portal to help make that room better as well. If needed, you may not need it. You may not need it, and that's why this spring is so important. So, there is a number of things. And I'm going to talk about the things that I'm looking for in spring that I'm very interested to see uh, that I think we all should kind of keep your, you should all keep your eyes out on. So the number one thing, obviously, that I'm looking forward to in this spring is what does this offense look like? How does it really 
really change. Uh, we got what I feel were glimpses of what an offense that's completely run by Hugh Freeze looks like in you know a few games last year. Again, I don't, I'm not going to always say that the bad games were Philip Montgomery. The good games were Hugh Freeze. I only think, honestly, there was maybe two or three, you know, maybe maybe three games that I felt very confident that Hugh Freeze was calling plays. Uh, and that's the Alabama game, the Georgia game, and maybe the Arkansas, Arkansas or Mississippi State games. One of the, I feel like it was probably the the first game of that three game stretch. I think it was possibly Mississippi State where where we had a lot of RPO, we had a lot of throwing the ball down the field, a lot of tempo. Um, and then – so you got kind of a glimpse of what that sort of offense will look like, but now you sort of have a whole spring to install and, and build that one-on-one, -on -one, that chemistry between Hugh Freeze calling the plays and the quarterback uh, and things of that nature. So I'm very interested, in, interested to see, like, the run versus pass – breakdown I, I feel like we may still have to be a little bit run heavy not only with the with the backs but with the quarterback as well Peyton Thorne showed that you know at times he was a very effective runner he ran the ball very good against Georgia he ran the ball very good against Alabama he ran over a child at, at Arkansas on the goal line like so he's shown that he can he can run he may have to still tote the rock a little bit this year uh, if we're not quite there yet from a passing perspective. So what does that breakdown look like? And then also, what does the passing game really look like? Is it a lot of, you know, is it a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff, a lot of RPO stuff where you get mismatches and it's it's a guy beating a guy? Is it a lot of where how much does Rivaldo Fairweather factor in? You know, he was the leading receiver last year. Is he Does it look like he's probably going to be the leading receiver Again, there's just so much last year the, that the offense – the offense to me looked like somebody trying to run somebody else's offense. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like Philip Montgomery trying to run Hugh Freeze's offense or Hugh Freeze's terminology, and, and it just never seemed to click. It never seemed to click. So now, does it make more sense? You know, does the sequencing – how does the sequencing look? How does the – you know – plays build off of plays and, and, and things like that. And, and just offensive look in general is something that I'm very, very excited to see. So uh, what does the offensive look – what does the offense look like? I think that's number one. Number two, who is playing where? I think that is a very uh, – uh, that is a very interesting thing to watch. So where does – you know, where does a – Cam Coleman lineup. Obviously, not necessarily. We know he's going to be at receiver, but where is there anybody going to be ahead of him to start off with? Does he line up on one side, and then you have your group of dudes on the other side, like a Camden Brown and Coy Moore and things like that? And then where do these slot guys, uh, these young slot guys, come into play? You got Bryce Kane coming in, who's by all accounts being been electric uh, in in the bowl practices, and then coming in. Uh, coming in, uh, you know, and, and he's going to be in spring now going through workouts. So, like, where does he fall in the lineup? I guess mainly, like, how do the young guys fit into all this? And then how does the offensive line start to gel? I think that's something 
uh, from a from a who goes where. How does that starting lineup play out? I think that's something that's going to be huge to watch. We think we think it's going to be Percy Lewis at left tackle. We think it's going to be Dylan Wade at guard. We think it's going to be Connor Liu at center. We think it's going to be Jeremiah Wright at right guard. We think it's going to be Isaiah Miller at right tackle. And that's probably a pretty fair assessment. But where does the depth shake out? Like, who's going to be the backup center? You know, who's going to be the backup guards, the backup tackles, and, and where do they go? Just a lot of fun stuff. To me, that's the most fun part of – that's one of the most fun parts of spring is seeing who plays where, how the depth charts work, uh, and, and then uh, you can kind of start to kind of see – I know the game has changed a little bit and kids can leave at any point in time, it seems like, but you can kind of start to see how not only this year's roster shakes out, but what you got in the future. So it's a lot of fun. Defensively, I want to see from, from a standpoint of who goes where, I want to see the pass rusher situation. I want to see – you know, we know we got uh, Jalen McLeod. How do these young guys fit in? Or, you know, do you see a guy um, – his name escapes me from last year from Opelika that, at edge. Does, does he take a step forward as a uh, redshirt freshman? Like how – who goes where from a pass rushing perspective? Um, and then your defensive line, I, I think that's probably one – I've talked about how I think from the front, the, the, the front three – Maybe with the with the uh, development of Keldrick Falk for one more year, the disruption that he could cause could over over like compensate for you know the loss of Marcus Harris, uh, and then you know you still got another solid year of Jason Jones, and then some of your your portal guys that you brought in. What does that? How does that defensive line you know shake out? Who goes where? That's that's a big thing of what I'm looking for. And then a number three thing I'm looking for is I want to see the difference, the style, I guess, of defense, defense that Durkin wants to, you know, sort of um, – that Dirk, Durkin wants to install versus what Ron Roberts uh, installed. I sort of have a – I'm sort of biased because I feel like Auburn has always – at least I say always – we've had some pretty stingy defenses. We've had some guys where we could just line up and just beat you. But when Auburn has sort of a talent disadvantage, which I, I don't want to say we're going to be at a talent complete disadvantage a lot of times, but there's some areas where we're going to have to use other positions to take to sort of cover for the weak link, so to speak. So I think we're probably going to be at least – I'm curious to see how the middle of the defensive line shakes out, especially with depth and if there's any injuries. So what do you do to help help that? We have a young secondary. We do have a couple of older um, transfer guys coming in that can play, you know, safety positions, but you're going to have probably Antonio Kite and Kay and Lee as your outside corners. I mean, those guys are are very talented guys, but just not a lot of experience. So, so how do you use your safeties and, and things like that to help cover some maybe some of those possible deficiencies and then just overall in general are you going to be you know more attacking uh like i loved how ron roberts disguised blitzes and, and got pressure um pretty much all the time except for you know one of the most infamous plays that'll live in the history <laughs> of auburn football lore the fourth and 30 uh fourth and goal from the 31 uh 
yeah, I love the way that he could he could attack. He would attack uh, to help sort of speed the clock up for, uh, of the quarterback. Is that something that DJ Durkin does? He's kind of shown that you know in the past that he likes to get after the quarterback. I think they led the SEC in sacks last year at Texas A&M. So, what does defense look like? What does what what sort of formations like what what sort of packages? What do the personnel look like? What do the alignments look like? Will we run an overfront? I don't know. I still am not 100% sure that exists. I, I think that could be still be a fake thing. Uh, I may have uh, a, a buddy in the works that can come do some chalk talk uh, and we can kind of break some stuff down like that. And he can go ahead and answer if that's if an overfront is actually a thing too as well, which I'm very interested to see. So DJ Durkin, what does the defense look like? At least from an on the hoof, on the field, what does it look like? The the philosophy, everything, I think that's something that's going to be uh, incredible to watch because I don't necessarily think we had a bad defense last year. So are you going to come in, you're going to change a ton, or are you going to come in and sort of have a, a similar philosophy that was successful last year was a lot of the personnel that we had that we didn't really lose a lot of outside of, you know, your, your outside corners and then, you know, Marcus Harris. Uh, but – you know, are you going to be able to take the the personnel that we have and, and then how do you attack? How do you, you know, how does it all play out? I think that's something fun to watch. Uh, this is something sort of silly, but it's something that that I get interested in uh, a lot of times. I'll, I'm very interested in the format of, of A-Day. I cannot remember the last time where I felt like we had a real game. You know, it, it just seems like it's always a always sort of like a, a mismatch of 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 just stuff that happens. You know, you have a pass skeleton where they go out and they 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 throw around and then you come have sort of a running clock um scrimmage where it's like ones on twos and twos on ones and things like that. I would love to have I, I think this would be so cool in spring and maybe you're not deep enough to do it yet, but I would love to have like, and, and another thing is it may not be good from, I don't know. It's only one game, but from a, uh, uh, a chemistry standpoint or whatever, I would love to have like a draft, you know, I would love for like, you have a, uh, an assistant coach, uh, one assistant coach is a head coach, one assistant coach is another head coach and Hugh kind of oversees the whole thing. And you have sort of like a draft where you divvy up, you just straight up divvy up two teams and then you get after it. And then like a winner has a crazy prize. Like Alabama used to do it where, you know, the winners would get steaks and the losers would get hot dogs or something like that. Like, I don't know, just something fun because the monotony of the ones running the ball on the twos all the time. And, and you know, you'll get a, you'll get a pass play, you know, a big pass play every now and then. I mean, it kind of just makes – it makes the spring game kind of boring. I would love to see us spice things up a little bit, uh, and I and I'm not expecting that to happen. But you know, I think it'd be fun. What What are your ideas? What are, What are ways in the spring game that you think you could make uh, the spring game better? I would love to hear some of those. You can put them in the comments, uh, tweet at tweet at me on you know on the on the Twitter on the X whatever. I'd love to hear your ideas on how to make the spring game better. Uh, another thing I'm looking for, this kind of silly. I'm tired of wearing the 75th anniversary same old uniforms every year. Like, let's, <laughs> we wear the one, we wear the same uniforms that have the little 
the the little 25th or 75th anniversary or whatever it is. I don't know. It's an anniversary patch. I, I know it's there because it's the same dang uniforms. I want to get, you know, if it's going to be a game, let's get spatted up. Let's get wristbands on. Let's get visors going. Let's get decals on the helmets. Like, let's make this thing a game. Let's make this thing fun. I want an intro video. Like, we want fireworks and, and you know, heck, let's bring the band out there. Let's make it a, let's make it a real spring game. But, uh, no, joke, no, all jokes aside, like, the uniform thing, but I don't know why it bothers me because it's an older jersey, so it doesn't even like look like what they wear anymore, uh, and it's got that dang patch that's been on there since the year we wore them, uh, whatever year that that we wore those. So um, uniforms, like let's go ahead, let's get some stormtroopers all the way. Let's get a stormtrooper team and let's get let's get the the beautiful navy blues. Uh, brand the new ones. Let's, I'm not talking about the ones from 10 years ago. Let's go ahead and wear the new jerseys. Let's look good. Let's look good. So, uh, <laughs> I know that's kind of silly, but for what that patch aggravates me, the but the jerseys don't fit right, they look kind of baggy. Like, I want to look clean. Let's look, let's look good when we go out there. Uh, because that's what, um, I don't know, that that's what makes it that's what makes the spring game spring game fun. So, those are the big things that I'm looking for uh, at spring. How what what's the offensive philosophy? Does it look any different? What's the defensive philosophy? Does it look any different? Where are people going to be? You know, what is the what does the personnel situ, uh, scenarios look like? Uh, I'd love to see a fun format. I know you guys would too. Let's not let's kind of break the monotony of the same old same old, and then let's wear let's look clean. Let's let's go ahead and and go all out. Like let's get let's get dressed up and look good. I, I I don't know. I love our uniforms. I think we have the greatest uniforms uh, in the country, uh, maybe in the world of all uniforms. I, I just love our uniforms. So let's get dressed up. Let's get spatted up. Let's get our ankles taped. Let's get our wristbands, our sleeves like we like them. Everything ready to go, and then let's pack it out uh, and have fun. I can't wait. Seven days away, we get to talk about tackle football, practice, talk, and all things of that nature. I can not wait. Um, another thing I can't wait for is for my package from plainscoffee.com uh, to get here. Use coupon code button for 10% off uh, of every single order you make. Every single order you make. They have the different roasts. Uh, they have a different roast for everybody. Okay. If you like it super dark, they got it. If you're, you know, you don't like it that dark, you like it a little bit lighter, they got that too. You want something in the middle? They got that. You want something from a different country? They got that. And on top of it, it's freshly ground the day before it or shortly before it ships to you. So it's not sitting on a store counter in a box. It's not sitting on a store counter counter in one of those jugs. It's going to come in a bag. It's going to smell fantastic. You're going to have to fight the, the postal service, whoever ships it. You're going to have to pry it away from them because it's going to smell so good in their delivery vehicle. Uh, but go so go ahead, check them out, plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code button uh, for 10% off. All right, basketball talk. Look, last week was great. There was some, there was a huge high with the big win uh, against South Carolina, absolutely curb stomping uh, South Carolina by 40. Look, I get, you know, the home court advantage deal. I understand, understand all that. But beating an SEC team by 40 – one that was uh, tied for the lead in the conference uh, is is a big deal. That's a tournament team, and you just stroked them by by forty. Huge, huge win. Shot incredibly. Everybody shot really well. 
And then Kentucky comes to town. You had game day. You had people sleeping on concrete, children sleeping on concrete. And you come and you kind of lay an egg. And then we all collectively sort of held our breath when when Jalen uh, came down, contorted his knee really badly, and then couldn't even put any weight on it. So it had a very, very Anthony Macklemore versus South Carolina the year before the final run, uh, final four run kind of feel to it. It's like, man, we lost the game. We, we kind of re- honestly really got dominated, and we possibly lost one of our best players, uh, one of our most important players. Um, it had a big vibe of that it was like a double a double whammy. You lost at home, which hurts because we, we're prideful in in our home streak forty three or forty somewhere between forty two and forty four and like two or three over the last however many games uh, you were undefeated at home, so that hurt right off the bat. You had people what started off as an electric atmosphere, uh, and then they jumped out to an 11-2 run and kind of took the wind out of, out of the crowd. Uh, you had people camping out. I mean, it was, a, it was a huge deal. So you lose in front of them, which is, which is a big knock. And then you lose to Kentucky, who Bruce has dominated at Auburn since he's been here, uh, and then played re- just played really well against Kentucky in general. And, and you just love to beat Kentucky. You know, you love to beat – the you know quote unquote blue blood teams uh, and that was one of our opportunities and we got them at home. This is the kind the time of year though that Kentucky starts to sort of all the young guys, all those five stars, uh, those McDonald's All Americans start to figure out how to play basketball together uh, and they get tough to beat. So, um, you know you have that and then you had the Jalen injury um, and it we were sort of I mean it was sort of one of those things that when it happened. It was almost like you couldn't hear anything for the rest of the game. Like it was one of those things. Like even if you're cheering after you make a basket, in the back of your mind, it's like, man, Jalen's done. Jalen's done. Well, luckily, you know, not only for you know Auburn and our prospects for the the rest of the basketball season, but also for Jalen and his career, like really playing himself into possibly being, uh, you know, an NBA player or at least a G League. Get, getting a good G League invite, combine invites, things like that. Luckily for him as well, it's not a season-ending uh, injury. It's only a, you know possibly a sprain or a strain on his on some ligament in his knee. Um, it looked awful the way he sort of got banged and then got contorted. By, by the way, huge swing there. Not that not being a foul, which you saw people on Twitter arguing over: is it or is it not? Uh, and then. You sort of had some uh, SEC officials and some uh, – not SEC officials, but you had some ESPN personalities and heads of officiating and stuff like that starting to tweet out that, hey, that yeah, this was definitely this was definitely a foul. And it negated points. And uh, then I think you turn around and – this was – that was when we were – we had cut it to somewhere in single digits and you had a chance to cut it even closer. And then Kentucky goes on a run shortly after that. So that was a big play. And not only that – you know, not only do you not score, but then Jalen gets hurt. Uh, so it was tough, but it looks like he's going to be able to come back in some some form or fashion, and you know, hopefully around two weeks ish, which would put it a little bit after. Uh, let's see, you have you have um, Georgia this coming weekend, which will be one week, and then you play Tennessee on Wednesday, and then you play, uh, I believe it's Ole Miss at home, not Ole Miss at home. It's um, let's see, we play. 
we play, gosh, my calendar is all jacked up. This Saturday, we play, obviously, Georgia. And then we play we're, – because we're off all week. We play Tennessee on Wednesday, and then we come back home and we play Mississippi State. So that's, that's a big physical game. Maybe that's one uh, that he could possibly be back for. If it were me, I'd be okay if he sat out until senior day. I'd be okay if he sat out until Georgia at home, the last game, regular season game of the season, just to be safe, just to be safe. If this is only a two-week deal, if this is only a two-week deal, like why risk it? Why risk it? You could possibly go this next five-game stretch. I mean, you could possibly go three and two or four and one without him. I think so. I mean, you got one week to prepare for Georgia, who's not, you know, they're they're a scrappy team, but they're not just world beaters. Even at home, even at home, they're not like they've they've lost some games at home. So, so uh, it's big. It, one week to prepare for. I think you could probably beat them without Jalen. You got Tennessee, which who knows? I say go into Tennessee and just do just rain threes on them. <laughs> Pick three or four guys, your three or four best shooters, and just start raining threes on them and see and see what happens. Uh, and then you come back and you got Mississippi State at home, which is going to be a physical game. So, like, do you want to really put him in there that soon to start banging around, um, start banging around, and and possibly re-injure it too too soon? You got Missouri, who bless their hearts, have just haven't won uh, literally a single conference game. So that one should be manageable. Go to Missouri uh, and then. You're gonna have senior day. You're gonna have the last real home. You're gonna have the last home game. Uh, I think that would probably be a good time to maybe bring him back because all that really matters is the tournament run. If you can finish the season three and two, that puts you at uh, that should put you at somewhere around like uh, thirteen and five or twelve and six. That's probably gonna be around your fifth seed in the SEC tournament, which is fine. You're gonna get a buy. You're gonna get a good matchup. Uh, you get to get I, I, if you're the if you're the fifth seed, you should get the uh, a matchup against the worst one seed. So, you it's not the end of the world. Maybe you make a run in the tournament, be somewhere between a you know a four and a six seed in the NCAA tournament, and then let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Uh, tournament time is fun. Jalen's not done for the year, and. Uh, Let's see how Bruce adjusts. Maybe this gives a couple of opportunities for some guys to get more looks. We talk about shooting, okay? We talk about shooting, and, and, and we struggle shooting. We have some guys that are shooting, especially from three, at an incredibly, incredibly high rate. Uh, and I think maybe this gives us the opportunity to give them some more looks. Chad Baker-Mazara is shooting like 45% from three in conference, but he only shoots like one a game or two a game. Like, let's get Chad some more looks from three. Denver shot seven threes uh, against uh, Kentucky and made three of them. And honestly, he was three of four uh, up until, like, it, things got out of hand. And then we started jacking up some shit. We jacked up three threes at the end, I believe, that, that he missed. But Denver needs more looks. Like, Denver's shooting close to 40% in conference, not just overall in conference from three. Maybe this offers him some more chances to get looks. Janai is shooting close to 50% from three, you know, which is hilarious. You know, maybe that gives him a chance to get more of his, you know, two or three looks a game. Uh, Trey, Trey is shooting well above 30% from three 
uh, in in conference play. So, like, we got some guys that are shooting at a very efficient rate, especially from deep. Um, and maybe with Jalen being out, not to say that Jalen was causing any issues because Jalen was has been absolutely incredible, you know, uh, in conference play as well, shooting over 40% from three and, and just, you know, all around being being uh, you know a really good player, but maybe when you take him out of the game, it forces you to have to call plays and run things a little bit different, run it through different people, and it may open up uh, you know another avenue that we didn't necessarily know we had. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see how we play Saturday. I, I, I love the fact I love this new off week deal. I, and maybe it's not new. Maybe I've just never noticed it before. <laughs> maybe uh, when you have a podcast, you, you, you take you're you're more locked into the schedule a little bit than you than you have been before. But I don't feel like I remember this off week thing, and it's come at a great great time. You know, it's come at a great time. You've had two Saturdays in a row where you've taken tough tough losses, been beaten pretty bad, and big fit physical games. And you know, you need that time to rest and sort of regain your confidence. Uh, and one week to prepare for, uh, you know, a, a rival. One week to prepare for a rival and go play, go play uh, in Athens. So it's big. I think that game, that game is that game could be really big for just momentum through the to finish out the season, especially with, like I said, with Jalen missing it. So, um, again, I, I, I like. I love the I love the the buildup of the team. I love the makeup of the team. We have we do have some lulls. Everybody has lulls uh, at this point in time. Everybody has some off nights. Uh, typically, ours don't happen on the road. We play really well at home. We play really well at neutral sites. Uh, so, I think this team, if if Jalen's healthy for tournament time, this team is kind of built for the tournament. We play just. You know, up until up until this past game, we were top ten in like both categories in Ken Palm, offense and defense, as far as uh, efficiency goes. And like those teams always make runs in the tournament. We dropped pretty significantly after the Kentucky game, but if you can, if I just say that to say that when Jalen's in the game, we play really, really good defense and we play really efficient offense, and that is built to make runs in tournaments. So let's just keep hoping that 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 Jalen can come back and at least be, you know, you know, if, if he could just give us 60 to 75 percent uh, of what he's been prior, it will be a, it will be a huge blessing. So uh, let's see what happens. Uh, we're going to be back uh, Thursday to talk about anything that's happened. Um uh, over the you know over the next couple of days, the uh, the dead period is is March is creeping in. Uh, when spring when spring's creeping in, March is also creeping in, and that means that dead period's over. Visits start happening, and that means also commits should stop start popping. And we'll talk about hopefully some some names to watch out for uh, that you know maybe could go ahead and pull the trigger in March. I think we could have uh, you know we could have a fun March. So. Let's see what happens. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Sorry about the late start. Uh, had a little bit of a long night last night, uh, but we got it done. We're going to get the sh- we're getting the show out. So appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you again uh, on Thursday. This has been episode 20 of 
the Top Button Podcast. I really appreciate it. Check me out on Twitter, the underscore Charlie underscore five. Uh, or you can uh, find me daily in the, in the Locked on Auburn Discord. I'll put the link uh, in the bio as well. So like, subscribe, uh, and let's ha- keep having some fun. Uh, again, appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. War Eagle.